So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 6, Episode 4 of Before the 90 Days. In this episode, Misha gets to Israel and unpacks onto every available surface, David gets to the Philippines to meet Sheila, Riley was expecting a little more engagement with, in his first days with Violet, Amanda has feelings about Rosven's upcoming video shoot, Gino and Jasmine talk about a prenup, and we meet party boy Christian, and we wonder if he's ready to deal with a relationship with Cleo, who is both autistic and trans. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. Alright, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy! Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Uh, I'm I'm not doing too bad because I'm on solid ground and uh, <laughs> yeah. that so you know I don't have other issues going on with that. Well, you, however, are not really on solid ground right now, are you? <laughs> no, in fact, the boat is very rocky right now. Uh, the boat is very loud, so I apologize for my audio. Um, yeah, it's going to be a challenging month to record these podcasts, so. We'll do the best that we can, given our situation. Yes. Well, you know, we also have plenty of Rocky couples to talk about. So uh, let's start with – let's just start with the Rockiest ones and that's uh, Gino and Jasmine. So oh, this is a little bit different this time because uh, you did not get a chance to watch the episode. No, I didn't. And so I am explaining everything to you and you're just reacting to the way I described the episode to you. So this is going to yeah. be a little bit different. Yes, pretty much, because I am unable to stream video on this boat, and so I have no way to watch the episode. So this will be an interesting hot take. <laughs> right, right. So we're still in Jasmine's fancy apartment, and Gino, Gino is finally getting around to unpacking. So he blames like the behavior of the um, you know improper equipment stuff on lack of sleep, and things are better now because – he surprised Jasmine this this morning with his blue pill at the ready. So she's all oh, in a God. good mood. Yeah. She says this is only the seventh time they've had sex in the two and a half years they've been together. Um, yeah. So she wants to keep the good times rolling. But he says, yeah, you can't plan this sort of thing. Who knows when you're going to be in the mood and, and, and things like that. But he tries That's to – That's what the blue pill is for. I know, Jeez, right? That's Gino's like – I know. I, I have so I have so many questions about like how how like it is. I get it. I get why she's so upset with it because I would feel completely undesirable too if it was like really right. like this is it right. So anyway, he's trying to keep the mood up. So he brings out the gifts, which aren't great. So one is a replacement for a travel pouch that he has. We saw him last time with that little fanny pack that he has like tucked into his pants. Oh, it's one of those, but for her. But it's the one she has now, just newer, because, you know, she uses that one a lot and she needs it replaced. So she's not super excited about that. And then he brings out the big guns, which is the $330 hair extensions that he bought. Of course, she has to explain to him that this is just like one little section of hair extension. And I actually need like 10 of these to do my whole hair head. So I actually can't just use one package. Uh, oh, it usually on. costs her. It usually costs her like thirty five hundred to get her um, extensions done. So he, he starts to get all bent out of shape about that because he thought it was like half of that, and he thinks it's a good thing that they're going to have this conversation now because uh, he's not going to want to have to pay for that stuff in Michigan. So he thinks that she needs to start thinking in terms of budget and not just thinking in terms of what she wants. And she says there is no way that she's going to stop spending money on her hair extensions. That's uh, non-starter. So he claims that in an interview that she was – she's just like trying to spend all his retirement money. Like but more or less she like sees his bank account and is like, I see a bunch of zeros on that. We should just spend that. What's the problem? You have it, right? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, that's my retirement money? Um, so he needs to recalibrate her expectations. And of course, recalibrating her expectations also means prenup and he doesn't want to bring that up because he knows she's going to lose her shit. So yeah. still worried about her wanting to live a life of luxury in the in the US, they go out for a meal. They start talking about like how he needs a massage and are you going to give me massages when um you know we're married in Michigan and she makes a joke about giving him a happy ending massage and he's like no, I don't want that. No, just a regular massage. No. Oh god. <laughs> what is wrong with this guy? Yeah, like okay, let your 
let your wife flirt with you about sexy massages. It's fine. Like, even like, whatever. So the food comes out and she thanks him for the effort on the hair extensions. Um, and he has something important to talk about too. The prenup. So he tells her that he's been working for 30 years ever since he graduated college. I think what he's trying to do is starting the conversation about how this is my retirement money and I have to live on this for like 30 years, right? Yeah. And it's not just for her to spend. So she can tell that something's something that she's not going to like is coming down this conversation. So she just starts sniping at him and he gets to the point and he kind of – he asks how would she feel about signing a prenup and she just like death stares him until he – finally just like, well, well, let me explain. Let me explain. And yeah, they're both in love. But what if like um, – uh, and at that point, he just freezes up and cannot think of a way to say anything oh, that's God. not going to piss her off, right? Like but the, the after the what if, what if what? What if what? What if we get divorced? What if I try to get all your money? Because that's what it sounds like you're thinking is, what is right. her perspective. So she says – literally says the quote is from the bottom of my heart, fuck you a hundred times. <laughs> so which is <laughs> – by the way – 93 more times than they've actually done it. So oh, yeah. uh-huh. her position on the matter is that she's taking off her engagement ring and we're not getting married if you need a prenup. So thinks she he's just mad because he thinks she's a gold digger now and she's mad because he she thinks he's a gold digger. Um, <laughs> so anyway, the next day, Jasmine still hasn't spoken to him and she slept in the other room. So we see Gino writing down his thoughts on some paper and he keeps calling this piece of paper the proposal. What about my proposal? He Very similar to the way he went on about the proper equipment last time. He goes on about the oh, proposal God. this time. So he gets her to come out to the patio to talk it over. So she seems to come out some outside hoping that he's just going to like apologize. But she's you know mad at him that they've been engaged for a year and just shows he doesn't trust her. And it says she says it's like a throwback to her ex-husband who took all the money when they got divorced, like hid money from her and all kinds of stuff. So he tells her that he made the proposal. Um, and she tells him to be very careful because if there's a prenup involved in this proposal, no, it's not happening. So he just wants a chance to talk. And she's not giving him a chance to do it every time he opens his mouth. And he, this is fair. At this point, whenever he opens his mouth, he's like, well, she's like, don't, I don't hear it. She just shouts him down. So he says that this shows that she doesn't love him. She only cares about his money. He gives up, puts a proposal in a drawer and talks to producers about how hard she is to talk to. She hears that and doesn't like it. It comes storming in from the other room and tells him to get out. If you don't like it, get out. So he says that if he truly loved her, he'd listen to the proposal. So she does. So he says that if he – here's the proposal. If he initiates the divorce, she'd be given – and this is the quote – the highest amount of financial protection, thinking that this is about you, Jasmine. It's not about me. But she snatches the paper from him and sees that, oh, if I initiate the divorce, I get nothing. So she sees this as, oh, so you're just trying to trap me into this marriage because I'm going to be – if I leave, I get nothing. That's what it is. I'm just stuck right. with you, right? If you cheat or whatever and he's like, cheating doesn't count. But at that point, she's done. She rips it up and throws it in his face and he's she's just like – She's not well, wrong. She, yeah. But it's funny because she rips it up and throws it in her face, his face and he's like, well, you know, I, at least I had a picture. A good thing I took a picture of it. Okay. So she says something about how he literally brings out the worst in her and he's just like, well, all you do is yell, 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 yell. Then she went on some tirade about how she, her ex is better than him and she's more attracted to him and he didn't have sexual problems and she calls Gino the worst, worst sexual person in the world. And then, Wait, um, which ex is this? Her ex husband or the ex Australian dude? She just said ex, 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 my other ex. I'm oh. guessing it might be the Australian dude because she's like, I get along better with my exes and I get along with you. What, what's up with that? Right. So he's just like, well, then why don't you go to your ex then? And that, that's when the episode ends. He's, he's leaving the apartment. Uh, so, hmm. okay. So what, is, what, what, what's your takeaway from the, would be oh long gosh. summary I just gave you? There is a lot going on here. Um, let's kind of start off with Gino's prenup. That's not a prenup, but it is a prenup. Right. Like, right. It's always tricky yeah. with the prenups. It's like what, what what are you doing that's beyond the legal mandates of the state anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like his prenup almost was like set up so he's trapping her. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And that's what it sounds like. Yeah. It's like – it's completely out of fear of being alone. I don't even mm-hmm. think it's out of fear of him losing money. It's just out of fear of him being alone. And he wants to put her in a position where she feels that she cannot leave him. 
And that is just so sad. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just really sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's funny too because he's like the way he phrased it, he was like, if if I initiate the divorce, so if, you know, if I decide I don't want to be, I'm okay being alone, right? Then you'll be given the highest amount of financial protection. I was like, what does that even mean? Well, that's vague. Yeah, it's super vague. It's yes, it's higher than what you would get if if you dump me, but that's not that doesn't really tell me anything about what she actually gets, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but it's I also don't know, play, like, right? If he's if he's that concerned about ending up alone, this mm-hmm. is worse than being alone. Like this relationship well, is awful. He seems miserable right. whenever he's with her. Oh, yes. So I was texting you about this because I did watch last week's episode and I watched uh, the one, the version of the episode that they air that has like bonus scenes in it. And there's a bonus scene Mm -hmm. of Jasmine and Gino in the cab and she's trying to be flirty with him, which we'll get to next and pretty much say like, oh, I'm the best thing that's ever happened to you. You've been alone for 40 some odd years. And he was like, no, I haven't. I've been with people. And just the looks that he was giving Mm -hmm. like like rolling his eyes looking out the window it just seemed like he really hated her and it's like i don't understand why this couple's together because it doesn't seem like he's physically attracted to her right because usually that's like there's always like a thing right like either they're getting money they're attracted to the person but there's always something no matter how superficial it is but it's like i don't really get where he his angle is he doesn't seem to be physically attracted to her they fight all the time like he doesn't like to be controlled i mean he does seem fairly compliant compared to other couples we've seen but i just don't understand what he's getting out of it other than saying he has a hot girlfriend under that seems to be it like i like that my girlfriend is objectively other people objectively find her hot like that's yes, even though I like that's, don't. That, even yeah. though I don't care about that for my own ends, I like it as a trophy, right? Yes. You know, there's nothing yeah. else. Because seriously, seven times, seven times. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that, is, that's just, yeah. that just seems to me, I feel like even, and yes, they're separate all the time, right? They have a long distance relationship. Right. But they've spent more than a month together, right? And I feel like when you right. have a long distance relationship, it tends to be like, you know, you get together for a week. You there's your seven it. times. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I just I don't get it either because you know he doesn't even seem like he's attracted to her. Like when they're together, right? He's not affectionate with her. He's no. you know he just doesn't. Seem he's like weirdly he's, into un- it at he's all. Un- uncomfortable about her her even finding him attractive. Like the whole stuff about yeah. the massage. Like right. Right. And it was like, like, yeah, saying, oh, happy ending massage. Huh? And she's like, no, no, just a regular massage doesn't have to, which is, th- that seems weird. Like I don't, if I wanted an actual massage and I cared about the massage part of the massage, I go to a professional. Right. Not your significant other. <laughs> yeah. If I, that, if I, so my significant other, that's flirty foreplay. That's not a <laughs> actual massage that's getting stuff done. Right. right? Yeah. I don't <laughs> get his deal too. Cause you know, I get that, right, he's a little bit older, you know, it's, it's different for different people, he, you know, needs a little jump start. But this is sure. what I don't get about it. Like, there's plenty of people out there that need a little jump start with the little blue pill. And it's mm-hmm. like, how do you say like, oh, I'm not in the mood? You just take the blue pill, you're in the mood. Well, I, I the thing is, is he definitely has an emotion. I, the, the, the blue pill physically gets you what you need to have. Right. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't I don't know that it necessarily makes you want it more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like and and that's that's his problem. It's I don't even know that it's I don't even know that he has the physical problem that he needs the the little blue pill. I think he just is never into it. And so things don't happen like. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I had a similar situation with a person I had dated where uh, I found out later that blue pill was happening quite more often than I knew was happening or that I was just clueless the entire time, I guess. And then uh, on top of that, like he was more in hindsight because he tried to get back together again with me and told me later that he was just really incredibly depressed. Mm, Um, mm -hmm. So I think that was also part of it. But I would say that for the most part of our relationship, I thought he wasn't that attracted to me because it was just like he never seemed to be 
like not even in the mood, just especially affectionate at all. Right. right and everything right, right. was just very like, I don't know. It just seemed very like disconnected. And so right. I can certainly see how sure. Jasmine is just like, yeah, this guy doesn't like me. The difference is, is that when I got those feelings, I was like, I'm done. Like, I'm not putting up with this. <laughs> sure. Like, this guy doesn't sure. even seem to even like me. Why am I going to stick right. around? Because it's not even like, <laughs> it's not even like, oh, I'm always tired. I'm not in the mood. We always fight and it doesn't put me in. But he never even like makes comments about how she looks good or like touches her butt or anything. Like, never. Nothing. Right, like, right. Yeah. I, I would just, I because Jasmine's thinking, oh, this guy isn't that attracted to me. Oh, it's me, and I need to yeah. be a born again virgin to like somehow appeal oh, to my man again. You know, it's just like I don't think that's the answer. <laughs> I don't think it's you. I think it's him. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on. Let's move on because we got time. Um, so let's talk about the couple. The couple that was new last time. We have a new new couple, by the way, this time. So we start with it's Misha and Nicola. So we start with Misha and she's on her way to the airport for her two-week trip to Israel, which is both a long time to be away from her daughters, but also a very short amount of time to decide if she wants to marry this guy. So she says that the best case scenario is she comes back engaged and the worst case, things go terribly and she loses her best friend. So we fast forward 12 hours to see Nicola getting ready for his trip to the airport to pick up Misha. He has a carry-on bag packed because he's they're staying in an airport uh, uh, airport hotel in Tel Aviv. And she makes a big deal about waiting seven years for this moment. And we see him waiting outside customs. There was a lot of waiting outside customs in this episode. This was like the, that, mm-hmm. the episode for that. So she eventually sure. comes out and we have the big airport hugging kiss, which is just like there's kisses, but they're just pecks. We're not like full on tongue job like Jasmine. So both of right. them say that the other one is cuter in person. Good sign. And she brought a lot of luggage, which comes on later. So they're not totally sure it's all going to fit into his car. And then after they get it in there, squeezed in, they say one our father and one Hail Mary so that they'll get home safe. So they probably needed those prayers because Nicholas seems to have trouble staying in his lane on the highway. He's getting honked oh, at by like semi trucks and things. So it's not good. Okay. It reminds us that his – he reminds us that his mom is not going to have a good reaction to Misha. So this is why he wants to enjoy her on their first day together at a hotel. So he makes sure when they check in that the room has two separate beds because it's his future wife, not his wife yet. So the room has two – they're just twin beds too. is unfortunate. Um, so she starts to get how different this is dealing with a 46-year-old virgin because a lot, a lot of the stuff we just talked about with Jasmine and Gino is not happening, right? He is not comfortable yeah. with the flirty touching and stuff. And she's like, well, it's not, I'm, I'm trying, not trying to get you into bed. This is just like what you do with a significant other. So – she wants to get ready, so he steps out. And 45 minutes later, he comes back, and Misha's clothes have just exploded all over the room. Like there is literally oh, not an open surface in the entire hotel room that is not covered in her clothes. They were just completely out everywhere. Like he brings in like champagne and, and food for them to eat, and like you know room service, and there's no place to even put that. Like he doesn't know how he's even going to sleep in this room. He seems very stressed out about the mess. But she said it's organized <laughs> chaos. It's organized chaos and he's going to have to learn to love it because this is only like half of her stuff. She has a whole other suitcase. He says that she's like Celine Dion, which I think he means like like a diva. So they sit in the room with some wine and they feed each other. And she asks how this has been for him. And he's like, it's like a dream. We can get married right now. I'm good. I'm sold. So Nicholas says that Misha, this is something that came up like last time I was confused about. So it kind of clarified it. Nicholas, Misha's previous marriage was not a church wedding. Which is why mm. annulment is on the table, right, in terms of yeah. her getting remarried. So Misha also tells him that she agrees with him about wanting to get married. But there's like more getting used to each other that they have to go through before they make sure they make sure it's right. He says – tells her OK but tells us in an interview, I don't get it. If God delivered you to me, why would we wait? This is God's plan. So we get in their yeah. separate beds and they like hold hands and say some of our fathers before bed. Um and that, that's it. So I don't know that it much happened in this episode with them, but we didn't really get to hear what you thought of them, you know, last time and then what what, you, what your angle is, your impressions of this couple are. I just think they're a very poor match and having nothing to do with – I do think having like the same values is super important in a relationship. So I mm-hmm. think that's really good. Um, and I don't even care about her past, you know, but – 
I'm talking about her present. She is very yeah. concerned about like her appearance. Uh, that she is very high maintenance. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like he is probably the opposite. He probably lives a very humble life, like with his mom, not this extravagant lifestyle. And I know they try to paint this picture like it's in the past, but her lip injections are pretty recent. So <laughs> we can't true. really That's say true. that, you know, this like lifestyle is really in her past. So that right. was my well, I mean, biggest yes, concern the, when I first the, saw them. I give you that. The partying and the hooking up maybe in the past. Yeah. But right. the I'm going to spend a lot on clothes and have a lot of clothes and have lip injections and spend a lot on my that's, – that's not. She's still doing that, right? Right, right. And I mean – and I think just demonstrated by like their visit or her visit, you know, and bringing all that luggage and her, uh, you know, having her bags spill out and completely cover their room. Like that to me is like, yeah, that spells high maintenance. Oh, for sure. Like, because it was just like, all of this space is mine. It's my space right. for the things that I need to have. And you're just going to have to get used to it. And she said it more playfully than that. But yeah. she still said it. <laughs> right? Right. Like she, right. She so, still meant it. Yeah. That's what I think is going to be the biggest challenge with this group. Um, do I think that, you know, they're not going to make it? I don't know. I mean... I, I honestly think that if she's being very honest about, you know, how much religion is important to her and plays a role in her life and how important it is for her partner, you know, mm-hmm. and I think she is pretty serious about it. To quit her job to work for the church, I think, is a sign of commitment for sure. sure. Mm-hmm. So, like, that whole thing, like, yeah, I think. I think that they could make it, but I don't think it's a, a good match. But I think it's also one of those things where it's like, you know, the Catholic guilt will keep you together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what to make of his. I have suspicions that he is kind of like a reformer, like Catholic, like, oh, the church has lost its way and should go back to the way we did it in the first century and stuff. And like – it's like little things that I noticed because mm-hmm. I was raised Catholic. Yes. Like he crosses himself differently. Mm-hmm. Like when he does, they cross them. They, we see them cross themselves like a thousand times, both of them, right? Yeah. And like for us, we usually go and at least as an American Catholic maze, maybe it's just being raised differently because I was, I was taught that Catholics go, you know, Roman Catholics, you know, father is the head, son is the heart. And then you tap your left shoulder first and then your right shoulder. Mm-hmm. He taps his right shoulder and then his left shoulder, which is the way they do it in most Orthodox churches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if he is kind of like making a point of like reunification or if they just literally teach them different in Israel. Like I'm, 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 I kind of want – that's the little like background stuff that I, I, I'm wondering about because like he – and I'm definitely worried about his mom. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's mom meeting this because we're going to have the same kind of thing. We've seen it before. It's that we usually it's a well, the trope of the Muslim couples, but the uh, she's not she can't give you children. Right. Right. And I mean, at least mom isn't as religious or not in the same way. So that part isn't going to matter. But which I thought was weird because mom isn't yeah. as religious, but he says she's going to be more concerned that she about her past. Right. Yeah, but I think that's just like a conservative culture, right? Yeah, sure. So, okay. Yeah, but I think, yes, the being able to give kids is super important, especially mm-hmm. if you think your son has like waited 40 some odd years to like meet someone. Right. But I don't know. Right. But at what point, even though it's a man, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have a son. At what point are you like, oh, grandkids are out, you know? Because, I mean, I, right. if you have a daughter, mm-hmm. at some point you're like, okay, well, this probably isn't going to happen. You know, like biologically speaking, like this is very right. unlikely or it's going to be a long, long journey. But for a son, you know, you're kind of like, well, he could be a six-year-old father, you know, that's possibility biologically yes right but at what point do you just like lose hope as a parent to have grandkids if you have a son right i i don't know like i i would i would definitely have lost hope at his age already 
Like because yeah. because because part of me is like I would feel bad. It's like you know, if he's if he's sixty or, or or sixty-five or whatever, and he's you know having a children with with somebody who's of childbearing age. I'm like yeah, because you would weird. think the other way. You would put yourself in that in the parents of the woman's shoes and be like, really? Like, oh, I would not be happy with that. <laughs> like if I yeah. was her dad, uh, I would I would be upset. Right from this. Yeah, but certainly there's other conservative cultures that are more okay with that. Yeah. Oh, no. It's definitely – definitely most conservative cultures totally yeah. have a double standard about um, sure. about the age differences. And uh, we even saw it last season with um, – what's his face? Um, from India. Right. And that's exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. The mom was like, well, if she was like t- t- 15 years younger than you, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I, right. six years older than you? Eh, no. Not a, not a chance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. So moving on, let's talk about David and Sheila because there really wasn't much to talk about. So we see David on his final descent to the Philippines and he's very excited to meet Sheila. Meanwhile, Sheila is packing up her overnight bag a little bit too full because she's spending a few days with him in the hotel for what she says, privacy and intimacy reasons. So her son helps her get the bag closed and she asks him how he feels about the situation, but he pretty much just is like, "Mm -hmm," like, a boy, I don't know. So she isn't sure what emotions will take her when she gets when he gets here, and she's nervous about the communication because she's not great at signing. So we see David, and we know we see David again because this, they do that sound muting effect, and we see him walk through the airport and down the escalator. He says if it doesn't work out, it's going to destroy him. So he comes out of customs, and she runs up and gives him a hug, and she then she just starts like crying. So she said that feeling – he said that feeling and smelling her was like heaven. So he gets out of the – she gets out her phone to welcome to welcome him to her homeland and then signs to him like, what do you think? Like using ASL. So he's excited that everything is uh, the same as in the photos and each of – they each think the other person is better. Like they're like, well, which, which person is a bigger glow up over their photos? They ask more or less and they point to the other person. So she oh, signs that they nice. should go – yeah, she signs that they should go to the hotel, but she has to ask. She's like, wait, how do you sign an H? Got it. Hotel. And like she says, like spells out hotel for him. And he just like gives a very enthusiastic yes um, oh, to that. It was it was just it's funny. I mean, it, you would think he would want to go go to sleep too, right? He wants a shower. He wants sleep. He wants other yeah. stuff. But he also wants shower and sleep. So, I mean, like I said, there was really not much to them. I mean, I, I kind of suspect – that this is the couple they're not gonna let do too wrong because we haven't they haven't really painted either of them as a villain. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's good. And also, <laughs> I just feel like their storyline, probably in general, isn't very have a lot of footage because I did watch the last week's episode and they weren't even on it. They weren't on it. Nope. So, nope. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think their stories progress very much. It's definitely tough. I mean, it's definitely tough to take the notes on it because you, you have to look at the screen the whole time, right? Oh, God, I know. Yeah. And you're not even sure when someone's talking. You know what I'm saying? Like the other right. – somebody – because there's plenty of couples where half the stuff is carried out in another language. But at least I know to look at the screen because like there's somebody talking and I know I need to look at the screen and see what they're saying. But this is like yeah. – it'll be quiet and I'm like – like because they'll do the thing too – and I, not that they shouldn't, but you know how you have that thing where um, the person starts talking over the end of the previous cut and then they switch them to the interview? Like they'll mm-hmm. do that and so nobody will be saying anything and they'll just pop up with the subtitles on the bottom of them hugging and then flip to him continuing the conversation in the interview. And it's just mm-hmm. disorienting. It's a little bit disorienting because you're like, wait, is the audio lined up? Like what happened? Like this is – nobody's saying this thing. And – I mean, that's my right now, honestly, and that's probably a good sign for this couple cross fingers because like that is my biggest issue. <laughs> with them. Well, the other thing, too, is I know they're like, you know, trying to demonstrate, you know, life uh, in perspective of being deaf. But what about people who are blind? Like, how would you watch this, these segments if you're blind? Like, I guess you would have to have the accessibility on your TV. Where it reads yeah, I mean, I the suppose, subtitles to you. I suppose that you would have – yeah, they would have to read the subtitles to you. And I guess – I don't know if they do that or not. I know that we actually have gotten like messages from um, 
our podcast listeners that, that are blind that are like, wow, thank you because I have I don't know what's going on in the show half the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> thank you for explaining to me. Because it is it is tough. Yeah. If this was if yeah, a blind viewer watching the deaf storyline could be could be tough. Yeah, I would think incredibly difficult. All right, let's move on to oh, a good one to get mad at. Let's go to Amanda and Razvan. So we start up with Razvan making a pancake in just – I've never seen anyone make a pancake like that. Like he spoons it into the pan, fine, but then like spreads it out, and like moves the batter around instead of just letting it cook. I guess it's kind of the way you make like a crepe, but it was weird. Yeah. So Amanda calls him okay. on it, um, but – you know, he says he has lots of sexy TikToks where he makes pancakes. He's the pancake man. So it's all good. So he says that he wanted to talk more about all the things that have come up since she's been here, but she fell asleep too early last night and they really didn't get to work through everything. So she says he thinks he's being too pushy about telling her kids about their relationship. And he says he didn't expect to have these long and painful conversations about like, just being together. So he feels like she's pushing him away. So his conclusion is though, he just needs to be more patient, more sensitive. So he feeds her the pancake, which may or may not be fully cooked. And then we see a trip to the grocery store, which was infuriating because Amanda wants to, wants them to have American food, but oh, is willing gosh. to try some things. She says it's an organic market. And for a while, like a long while, the entire scene She's just saying nope to everything he picks out. Pizza? No. Tuna? No. Packaged waffles? No. What? Yes. She's like, I don't like packaged food. Like, it's like, they're not even ego. They weren't even egos. They were like literally just like waffles in a like bread bag, like, like hamburger buns would come. It was oh crazy. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so she's starting to get frustrated that she's so picky. She won't eat dairy. She won't eat GMO. She won't eat shellfish. And she, oh, on the other goodness. hand, is frustrated because I already told you all this. You should know already. I told you like three times. I should have you, – you should already know. So anyway, finally he finds a jar of salsa that she says yes to and he's like, yes, winner. <laughs> I don't know that they'll be able to find chips that go with it, but okay. Right. So later on, they're in the car talking about Razvan being a cowboy. He's like, I'm a sexy he's, – he's a goofy dude. So he's oh taking God, her to the park no. to show her how beautiful it is, but – they get there and there's birds and she's complaining about the birds and she's creeped out that this park looks like there's there could be vampires because after all, we're in Romania. So he talks about the next video shoot yeah. that he has and he literally at, starts off by asking her if she wants to be the like girl in the video and she declines. I'm not an actress, so she doesn't want to do that. And he says, well, then I'm going to have to get another actress to be my girlfriend in the video and that might entail kissing on the camera. So – She's – that's pretty much a red line for her. She doesn't want him kissing some other woman in front of her and then she just kind of stops talking. So he – she gets quiet enough that she has to keep asking if she's OK and he can tell she's not. So he calls the producer of the video just so – it seems like he just wants to show her this is just business. It's not like anything you need to be jealous about. But him and the producer speak in Romanian so I don't know that it helps. He tells the producers that you know Amanda's going to be there and it'll be – It'll kind of be like a test of her jealousy because when the kissing comes up and we'll kind of see how things go. So the only thing she could pick out of the conversation was her name. So she thinks that them carrying on in Romanian was rude. Although I don't know if the producer actually spoke any English. So I don't know what she wanted yeah. to do. So when they go, she asks what they were talking about since she heard her name. And Rosvin tells her straight up exactly what was said. So she isn't. she says, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But you know how I feel about it. And, oh, you know, gosh. you're – your actions will be dealt with accordingly, you know? So this isn't a great look from Rosvin's perspective because this is the kind of same kind of jealousy that um, tanked his marriage from last time. So is there a difference between telling somebody they can't do something and saying, I'm not going to tell you you can't do it, but you know how I feel and I will – there will be consequences if you do. Like that oh, that's is – That's a good question. That – is telling them not to do it, right? <laughs> like that's just being passive aggressive about it. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's got to be a third option, right? Like I'm trying to think of what would be the best thing to do. 
Um, I think just being okay. The yes, you're right. The second way is very passive aggressive. Like to me, just say, if you do this, I will be very upset. I don't like it. I will be very upset. Right. I mean, it, it, will, it will upset me. Yes. Right. Yes. I don't know if telling someone what to do is ever the answer because some people just have, and I don't know, maybe it's just an American thing. You can't seem to tell Americans what to do because they have a very, you can't tell uh, me what you to can't do. Tell me I'm, what to do. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to do the opposite, you know, or I'm going to prove to you that you can't tell me what to do by doing the thing you told me not to do. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. But he's not American. He's he's European. That's different. Right. But, right. So that's why I'm like, eh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe to me, it does work on him. That, to, to me, when I heard that, she was like, but you know how I feel. And, um, you know, that's going to be uh, – to me, I was like, okay, so instead of telling me what to do, you're telling me what to do but being a, a weird little – playing weird little games about it. Like this, is, this yeah. is what's worse. Like I would rather you just tell me you didn't want me to do it. End of story. Don't do it. Right. And then I can make my decision and and we can deal with it then. But like she clearly doesn't want him to do it. Right. But it's to me, it's 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 her her same way. She she is driving me insane because I cannot stand her because to me, I don't don't know if this is what you were going to say, too, but it's just she seems like she's sabotaging this relationship every opportunity she gets. Right. By acting like a diva. Like, just being a generally difficult person. Like, I don't really believe she is this difficult, right? She is being Uh, so difficult. But she is acting so difficult. Yeah. Right. And it's almost like she is trying to turn off this man. You know, she doesn't doesn't want to, in the least bit, be remotely attracted to him. And so she's just like, okay, well, what's the worst thing I can do? Oh, act like a controlling, high-maintenance bitch. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing that drives me crazy is her her saying she's one way and saying she cares about one thing, but then mm-hmm. her actions don't like that. And that's it. it's like, well, I don't want to tell you what to do, but in not so many words, I'm going to tell you what to do, right? That was one thing. Yeah. But even we started with the kids, right? Well, I don't think – I don't want you to be a part in my kid's life and, and blah, blah, and, and, you know, and, and then end up being somebody who leaves. It's like – your kids talk to this dude almost every day. Like, yeah. They know who he is. When you went to Romania, they asked where the bed you're sharing was. Like that 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 ship has sailed. Like what are you talking right. about? I don't want to bring you home and have my kids get attached to you and have a think that there's a man in my life. Because there's a man in your life. Like I don't understand how you want it both ways. You can't say I'm protecting my kids by not introducing this man. But then they already know who it is and what your yeah. status is. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think it's pretty obvious to almost everyone, and I feel like she's just lying to herself, that she is not over her husband, her late husband. I, you know, I can't even call him ex-husband, her late right. husband. She's mm-hmm. not over this situation, and she wants to be, and she's trying to be, and she's doing the things that, you know, seem normal to move on. But she's not there, and that's okay. It wasn't even a year ago, you know? And so it's just like... I just feel like she's sabotaging this whole thing because she doesn't know how to get out of it. Right, right. I mean, it, it, but it, it just that's what I'm saying. It's like she just she also doesn't say what she wants, even though she no. clearly wants something, right? Because the well, way to get, to out, get of out of it is to be like, look, is to be like, look, I thought I was ready. I am not. I, I am not ready to be in a relationship. I'm sorry. You're a great guy, but I'm just not in a place where I can do this right now. Like yeah. that's the way to get out of it. Like. Yes. Whatever it else I, is she's doing is is not it. I'm sure she has heard from almost everyone close to her that, you know, are you sure? It doesn't seem like you should be ready to be moving on. And so to yes. almost like break up and tell him that it would be to admit that she was wrong to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's pretty that maybe that is why is she has to not admit that she was wrong. Right. But, you know, it's just so stupid, too, because it's like, especially with big things like this, I think people would understand, you know, if you went back on things, right? They're not going to like. You're confused in your thing. Nobody's going to be like, see, I told you so. I told you so. Yeah. Right. That's that's crazy. All right. So maybe getting a more I told you so is deservedly might be Riley and Violet. 
So oh, after a trek of what he says is 8,700 miles, Riley is finally about to land in Vietnam and meet Violet after two years of communicating. So they have a plan to play some sort of weird chicken game in the airport, like whoever touches the other person first loses the bet and they're the bitch in the relationship. I don't know. And the other person is the boss, so he's got to stay strong. So we flop over to Violet who shows up with a big bouquet of roses for him. So she waits by the custom door and he pops out. And he kind of like reaches his hand out and like she shoves his shoulder into it. And it was like, oh, you touched me first. That was it. Oh, oh uh, we can hug now. So they kind of argue a little bit about who loses and he concedes. And she like literally calls herself the boss of him for the rest of the episode. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So they do have some of the standard. I can't believe it. Airport talk as he tells her she has a nice ass and they finally get going. So he's wowed. Like when he's driving down the street, he's like, look at all these scooters. And she's like, well, yeah, it's Vietnam. There's scooters. That's just – that's what it is because she drives a scooter around, right? And he's yeah. he's really into the physical connect, physical connection they have. They actually do seem to be into each other. Like they're like snug canoodling in the car. Let's put it that way. So they stop at a hotel at the hotel he's staying at and he's hopeful that she's as committed as, as – he. she's hopeful that he's as committed to this relationship as traveling this far would imply. So she isn't going to be staying at the hotel because she said it's not culturally appropriate to stay in a room with a man you're not married to. But it, he says, eh, if she ever knocks on the door, I'm going to open it. So they both hang out in the room for a little bit. Well, and then she gives him 40 minutes to change and meet him at the rooftop terrace restaurant. She says she's kind of waiting for him when he gets there. And she says that I'm going to stop you right now. The tradition in Vietnam is the men wait on the women. So mm, let's not do that again. Um, I mean, it's a little bit more playful than that, like that's, but that was the message. So he gets some drinks and toast to a fun-filled uh, few weeks. And during dinner, he brings out the pearls that he got her for her birthday. There's a pearl necklace, a pearl bracelet, a pearl earrings. And she puts on the bracelet and then like pats him on the cheek. like, And then he's like, oh, I expect a little bit more after all those pearls. But then she tells us, it was like, we have like pearls coming out the ass in Vietnam. Oh, like this is yeah, a big I was going to say, <laughs> that is the place to get pearls and – that is the place to get cheap ass pearls. I got these huge pearl earrings in the Hanoi uh, airport for like eight US dollars. So all his pearl jewelry, she probably could have got in Vietnam and it was maybe worth like $20 there. So she's right. like, and so, no big deal. And so she's not even, she's like, she's also like, I don't even like pearls, like, which right. makes sense if it's like, they're like, yeah, everybody who gets two cents to rub together, they get oh, some pearls, yeah. right? Yeah. Anyway, so. He wants to start talking about some serious things, but she says, let's just leave that for later and enjoy my birthday celebration we're hearing here, having here. So she tells him that tomorrow she's working, so he'll have to wait if he wants to see her. And he's like, what? We mean if I want to see you. I literally came here for this. So he was expecting to have the whole day with her and it's upsetting to him that she didn't prioritize it more. So after dinner, he puts her in the cab and she's on her way. He says he expected more engagement from her, so he's concerned about the start of the trip. So this is weird, right? Because we know how this show works and we are supposed to see mm -hmm. this. But I would say that it definitely seemed like she didn't quite get or at least, or she's playing games with him as to not get that, oh, you're here to see me. That's the only reason you're here. She was kind of like, oh, you're coming to Vietnam? We'll get together then. All right. That sounds All right. good. Maybe we'll see you while you're here. Right? Yeah. And – so I guess I don't know. What do, you, do you think she's doing that intentionally to kind of like knock him down a peg, like, and I kind of know. And do that, or is she really just like whatever? This dude wants to see me. I don't care if he wants to come to Vietnam. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's a conversation that should have been had, right? Like if I was visiting my significant other, and you know I knew that they were working, I would probably ask, "Oh, do you have those days off?" Right. Oh, are you going to get those days off? Like, are we going to, you know, I don't know, but that's me. I'm a planner. It would be part of, it would be part of the trip planning, right? It would be right? a conversation, like, right? Yeah. Like, I would definitely assume if I was going to take, if I was taking days off to see my, my significant other on a long distance relationship, I would expect them to be available or at least tell uh, me. Assume they're available. I feel like you'd have that conversation. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think it would come up in the planning because I talk a lot. Like, I don't think I would be like, all right, I'm going to stop now and have a conversation about whether or not they're taking off work. But it would be I like, so what are we doing? Like, I what's probably the plan? would simply like, because it would be like, well, what days 
are you free so we can plan something for the day yes. with us? Yes, because it would come up in the in your activity planning. I wouldn't show right. up for two weeks without like, what are we doing on Tuesday? You know, right. like, right. And and so that's when it would come up. She'd be like, well, actually, I'm working. That would come up then, not yeah. like him being While like, what are there. we doing tomorrow? Right. But I don't know. I, I, I It makes me kind of wonder whether all of his – no, I'm, I'm going back on it. Whether all of his relationship worries were just because he just thinks it's a different relationship than it is. Um, if she's not as serious about the relationship as he is. But then I was like, but wait a second. She texted his dad. Like, yeah. There's no way she was like, this is just kind of a thing, a guy I'm talking to. Like she thinks this is a real thing. Right. 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 Yeah. So, I, don't I don't know. know. I, I don't know. I just I, 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 I'm not a, I'm not a Riley fan. And so. I feel like if Violet was doing this to another guy, another man, I might be like less inclined to like her. But I think she's knocking him down a peg and I think this is a dude that needs to get knocked down a peg. Uh, I don't really like either one of them, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, she's not super unlikable, but she's not super likable either. And I kind of feel the same about him. He's more annoying than he is unlikable. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah. He he projects a lot. I don't, I don't like the image he's trying to project out into the world. I think it's a right. dog shit image, cigar right? Cigar smoking, jazz loving, like good old boy, mm, like yeah, yes, yeah. So like yeah. yeah, but to me that's more annoying than it is like oh I actually don't like true. you. She yeah. at least is funny. He's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's talk about. I think we're down to. Oh, the last one. Yes, last couple. And that's the new couple. We have Christian and Cleo. So oh, we gosh. First, okay. Yeah, new couple. We first meet Christian, who's age 30 from Minneapolis. That's big on Minnesota this time. He's getting ready to go to a Halloween party, and he's dressed as a 70s news guy that is definitely not Ron Burgundy because he gives him a different name. He says, I'm Chet something. He's like, just to make sure, just for <laughs> – I need. we need you to say <laughs> that this is not Ron Burgundy, like out loud. So he describes himself as the life of the party and we see him dancing, drinking from a keg, drinking from a flask at somebody's backyard party. So he says that his relationship history is lots of really quick and hot burning infatuations that dissipate just as quickly. So he says he even he even eloped during the pandemic and then got it annulled. Like it oh was God. just like a couple weeks long. So he's looking for – but now he says he's looking for a partner and he's found it in Cleo. So she is a model from Italy who's living in London. And when they they met when he dropped into her DMs on, on, on her social media and were treated to some cosplay TikToks of hers. There's a lot of TikToks in this season. So, oh, gosh. Uh, and he said she's pretty different from the, a lot of the women he's dated in the past. And then we learn why she's different when we switch to London to meet her. She's 32 and kind of opens with, well, you know, uh, uh, the big a big reveal that she's autistic. So we see her kind of walking around the busy street and getting overwhelmed by the street noise. So she puts on her headphones, a big head, big bike, you know, Beats headphones and a lanyard that basically says I'm autistic. And I start if I start freaking out and having a breakdown, that's what it is. So don't okay. like, call 911. Uh, so, All right. So much like many other people on the spectrum, she set, talks about how she uses routines to kind of navigate every, everyday life and she's really married to her routines. And she was also diagnosed rather late in life, it sounds like. So she had, you know, a childhood full of awkward situations and bullying. So she walks into a cafe to meet with her friend Usma, uh, where she says she needs a few minutes to decompress because of the busy street and they get into their conversation. So Usma says they connected at university over – and this is a weird dude – over ghosts and spirits and psychedelics and all of the good stuff. Okay. So they are having the friends sit down session and it goes a lot differently than most of them do because she just really can't ignore the camera crew. And she stops, kind of stops their conversation to say like, to ask them their Zodiac signs so she can get an idea what to expect from them personality wise. All right. So that's how we learn she's really, really into astrology. Um, okay. And she, which, it, which the way she described it makes a lot of sense to me because if you're an autistic person and you have trouble reading people and understanding like subtleties, oh, astrology okay. kind of gives you a cheat code, right? They're like, oh, sure. this person is like this and this person is like this. And so that's kind of how she got into it. Okay. So um, 
So anyway, so she tells us her side of her relationship with Christian. Uh, they've been dating for about a year and she likes that he's extroverted and doesn't take himself too seriously. <laughs> she even says she's a simp for him, which she then has to explain to um, like the like the producers and stuff. What does simp mean? Mm-hmm. So their two star signs point to this introvert extrovert dynamic that might lead to some friction. So she's worried she, and she's also worried that he might not be happy in a committed relationship. So we see her again shopping with her friend Jane because she loves thrift shopping and wants to find the perfect outfit to meet Christian in at the airport. So Jane has been Cleo's friend for the better part of a decade. And she asks, what's so special about this Christian guy? Kind of like the same conversation stuff we usually hear. And are you concerned about meeting him for the first time? And she says, yeah, you know what? It's always different to meet somebody you only know online for the first time. And especially since Christian has never been with a trans woman before. Which is how we learned that Cleo is also trans. <laughs> um, she All was right. assigned male at birth. So, yeah, we're really double dipping on this one. So she tells okay. us a little bit about her history there and says that she has talked to Christian about it. He, he knows and he's, you know, says he's attracted to her, not to her genitals. It doesn't matter if she's trans, right? So she says she's been transitioning for about nine years and has been on hormones and testosterone blockers, but hasn't had any kind of surgeries yet. So she believes what that she believes that he believes what he's saying when he says it won't be a problem. I won't. Everything will be fine. But is worried that the social pressure against being, you know, with a trans person is going to be too much for him. So back in Minnesota, Christian is playing poker with his friends. So he's telling us that he feels closer to Cleo than he's felt to anyone in a long, long time. And it's no secret among his friends that Cleo was trans. But he thinks that if he didn't tell them, no one would even suspect. So they asked him, you know, well, how are things going to be? Have you ever hooked up with a trans person before? Like, have you explored other genders and stuff? So he said that he made out with a guy in college once, but that like was just kind of like, you know, did it and was like, yep, that's not for me. I'm good. Like I'm heterosexual. So which might be a challenge because, you know, his friends don't know anything about Cleo's, you know, status in terms of surgeries or anything like that. And he doesn't fill them in. I, I, to his credit, he was like, that's not my thing to tell you. So I'm not going to answer yeah. that question. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he says that, you know, it's a conversation that he and Cleo have had, but he's not going to discuss it with friends and family because also because he points out of like, if I was dating a cis woman, nobody would be asking me about her genitals. Right. Right. Like, right. Are you OK? Are you think you're going to be OK with her genitals? Like that would not happen. So the girlfriend right. of the group, the girlfriend, not the girlfriend um, of the group, because like a bunch of guys and one girl doesn't know how he's going to deal with it if he's not into men and is worried that his reaction could be devastating to Cleo. So he knows it's going to be challenging, but he's willing to work through all the challenges because he really is into Cleo and is all in on this relationship. So, I mean, I this this one was very shocking that they pulled the like because autistic i was like oh okay different wrinkle but then um like i was i was pretty surprised when they were like oh she was like oh i'm also trans um and so it actually makes sense to me because statistically speaking you're much more likely to come across autistic man than you are a woman Oh, no. Yeah. In terms of, yes, yes. It's, it's much harder to diagnose autism in women than it is in men. That is for, that is definitely true. Um, and so, it, goes, yeah. it often goes undiagnosed in women. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that part doesn't really surprise me. Also, I thought it was very coincidental that her name was Cleo and that she was really into astrology. So that's the oh, other thing. Like, like You're that's not Ms. a real Cleo? name. Are you thinking of exactly. Miss Cleo? <laughs> yes, exactly. That's yes, why I was, it was like not, that. It, is, it was not. It was, it was not, not her. It was not her name at birth. Right. No. Yes. Exactly. So those two things combine, like when you like revealed that uh, she is transgender. It's like mm-hmm. ah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, it doesn't obviously it doesn't bother me or anything. But like, I thought I, I do think it's really interesting that we're going like back-to-back seasons with a trans person on the show, right? Um, like, and I wonder if they're going to be kind of handle it differently. Cause I feel like we did that with the, when they, when they had the first gay couples, right? Like they went back right. to back, like they started with um, what's her face and what's her face, oh, Stephanie, Stephanie and, Erica. And, and Erica. And then we just, and then we, they were a garbage fire and we, then we did, then we got to Kenny and Armando who everybody loved. Right. Oh so, yeah. 
right? And so I wonder, you know, because we had Gabe who was, I feel like, pretty well liked. We liked Gabe. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. But I don't know. It just – from what I saw of her, and I know you didn't see her, it, she does seem to be very self-aware. Okay. That's which good. I think is Which is, I, th- I think, going to – help because when you're self-aware, you know what you, you, you know, you, she also could be, I think she's going to be very clear about what it is she needs and wants. Right. Okay. Now I think the problematic part was his friends, uh, because I know um, they kind of set him up on this, but like, yeah, it's, it's pretty rough to like, well, your, your girlfriend is trans. So let's talk about penises. Like it's, it was, mm, yeah. It was uncomfortable. Let's put it that way. Mm. <laughs> because yeah. ultimately, it's one of those things that's not really any of their business, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it just seemed it seemed like it was too much for friends to be that preoccupied with when they were talking about it. Now, granted, I know that production like was like, talk about the sex with him. Go for it, you know. But it was yeah. like, I feel like that could have been more definitely handled. What do you think? I don't know. I kind of feel like people do like wonder about those things. Now, whether or not they actually ask them because they think like the questions are rude. But also, Mm -hmm. I feel like um, I know it kind of was a mark against him for making out with a guy in college and like kind of ruling that out. To me, that actually was a mark for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's just like most, you know, uh, heterosexual men who are very clearly in the heterosexual side would never mm-hmm. think about experimenting. You no, know, yeah, that, it, I mean, that, that's, it, that's me for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Right. And so it's just like, I, I, I just, for him to even experiment to me seems like he's open to the idea and sure there's like, it's like being in a, uh, you know, a foodie or just like trying new foods or being open to it doesn't mean mm-hmm. you're going to like every food you eat, but you're open to the experience and the possibility of you liking something else. But, and it's that also maybe sounds to me, a little different than what you typically eat. And to me, it's like to me, it's also like I, I, I think it's I think there's a big difference when you're clearly already like into somebody for other reasons. Right. For for mm-hmm. your connection and your closeness to be like, yeah, it might not like. Like and you go with the foods. This might not be my favorite restaurant, but if the other person is really really enjoys it that much, I'm game. Like I want to make them happy, right? Mm-hmm. I want to sure. do that. And so it's not about whether it's always the thing that you would choose first, as much as like this is what I chose with this person. Because it is awkward right. to be like, there's lots of things that one person can be can want to do and want to have, you know. In, in the bedroom for hetero cis couples that the other person might not be comfortable with or might not enjoy. And their friends don't give them a hard time about it. They're like, are you sure you're going to be able to do that? Like, I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's not something you ask your friends a lot about, you know? Right, right. Well, I don't know. Being on a television show definitely, like I said, opens up for a sure. different can of worms because – these are questions that I'm sure people have in their minds, but whether or not they actually ask their friends. Well, yes, yes. Or, and no, you know, because no, it comes off as rude. You don't ask your yes. friends like prying questions like that. But there's a million things I wonder that would I would never ask. Right. right and that, exactly. That, <laughs> because it because it's rude and because it's pushy and because it's none of my business at the end of the day. Yes. So, yeah. 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 But but when you're being encouraged by producers, it might be a little bit different for sure. Yeah. All right, so that is. Let me go back here and make sure we didn't hear from Tyree this time. Apparently, he was on the next time on that thing. So, mm-hmm. so um, that was everybody. So, um, students of the week. Okay, so I don't know. Do you have a student? Should I just do it because you didn't watch the show? Uh, right, should I lead? Yeah, why don't you lead? The description. Let's see if I have something. Right. I said Sheila because. We talk about this all the time with verbal languages. She learned mm-hmm. some ASL and she's working on learning ASL and she signed something to him in the airport when they met. Right. Oh, and that's that, sweet. That, that, is, that is the kind of like effort that we like to see, especially because he cannot speak, he cannot her, learn her language. Like, right, it is an impossibility. Right. She has to be the one to do it. 
Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. That sounds good to me. What about your dunce? Uh, my dunce was Amanda. Like, she uh, just... I went with Amanda, too. That, just, just that you describing that shopping scene, I was like, nope. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I was so... And, and you know how... Well, especially that one, you know how frustrated I get by picky eaters, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's something that comes up and just an adult picky eater who is just like, why doesn't he listen to what I want? And it's like, just eat something that you're not a huge fan of. Like, oh, it was it was very frustrating. Um, yeah. And that goes into everything. And her, also her underhanded, passive aggressive breaking, breaking up that she's trying to do. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. so life lesson. So my life lesson was don't insult someone's intelligence by telling them that something that you're doing for yourself is actually for them. And that's it, Gino, with the with the prenup. Well, actually, right. I'm writing this prenup to protect you. Bullshit. We all know that's not true. Don't pretend right. like it is. Don't insult Jasmine by pretending it is. Like that's just be straight with people. Like, why are you doing this? I'm worried you're gonna leave me. Like, you're always yelling at me. You're always mad. Like, you treat me like I I feel like I'm being treated like crap, even though at the end of the day, I think that he's the worst person in that relationship. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking about for a life lesson was just, you know, um, any kind of situation that traps you into a relationship, you yeah. need to run away because that person has issues. Yeah, they do. If they feel, if, if, the, if your partner feels like they need to buy insurance and against you getting yeah, out and find, find a way to much. trap you in, that's, that's, that's bad news a for problem. sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Oh, Gino, you are bad news. Yes. All right. So that is it. Um, hopefully this went okay. Hopefully I don't have to spend too much time goosing the audio on this. And hopefully people don't notice that I had to goose the audio on this. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it turns out All well. Right. All right. So we will we will try it again next week. Yep. So until then. Okay. All right. Bye. Okay. Bye.